are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday final show of the week. we got a couple of things to talk about. We're going to talk about Kemba Walker in the opening of today's show. Do you, would you want him on the Pelicans? Guy that could be useful but owed a lot of money. And is he a player, more importantly, that the Pelicans would actually be interested in? Pelicans as in David Griffin. Then we're going to get into some key dates that the NBA just released. And then we're going to wrap up the show uh, reviewing Stephen Adams' season. Good year, bad year, somewhere in the middle. What's going to happen next with him? So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. All right, so Kemba Walker, the Boston point guard, went to them in exchange for Terry Rozier. Basically, the year that um, Kyrie Irving left Boston, they brought in Kemba Walker to be his replacement. And it seems like those two, the Boston Celtics and Kemba himself, are headed for a breakup after just two years with both parties looking to kind of move on from one another but in lost in the shuffle I think of all of this talk about them trying to move on from Kemba and potentially retooling that Boston Celtics team and of course Brad Stevens just recently stepped down as head coach to move in become their like president of basketball operations with Danny Ainge who previously was in that role stepping down you know it seems like they're in in for a big shakeup but in the stories in the reports about all of this stuff there was a note that the Boston Celtics had hoped to trade Kemba Walker for Drew Holiday at the start of this past season. And on the surface, you go like, wait, what? Why? Like, why Why would that be a thing? Obviously, from the Boston perspective, it makes some sense, as I think they wanted to get off of Kemba Walker's money and the production that he gave and get in, bring in someone who is a little bit more defensive-minded in Drew Holiday. But why would this, the, the Pelicans have agreed to something like this, particularly because Boston had spent most of the assets they had acquired over the years on various little deals and things like that? And if the Pelicans were entertaining this, well, would they... Still potentially entertain this offer, maybe in exchange for a guy like Lonzo Ball in a sign-and-trade situation or something like that. I think the answer to that is no, and the contract is really a big reason why. One, Kemba has been kind of declining, but here's what he's owed next year. $36 million. He's owed $37.5 million after that in 2022-23. It's a player option, given kind of the decline in his play. He's there's a good chance he's going to pick up that player option for near $40 million, right? Unless he thinks he can get a long-term deal at 20 plus a year, and maybe he could, but it, for a guy who's on the wrong side of 30, and he'll, he's 31 right now, he'll be 31 throughout most of next season, turning 32 right at the end. I don't know if that's something that the Pelicans really want to go down that road with someone making that kind of money on the tail end, not tail end, but on the downswing of his career. In Boston, he averaged... Um, last season, 19.3 points per game. He did it shooting 36% from deep. It's not a bad number, but it's not necessarily a huge elite number. He's not a 40% shooter. Did it on 8.2 attempts per game, and that's right in line with his average for his career, 36%. 
you know, he shot 38% the year before, his average in Boston, 37%. But for that kind of money, you need to be shooting the ball, I think, a little bit better than that and not scoring 19 points on, you know, 16 shot attempts. I don't think those numbers are particularly great right there in terms of efficiency. And that worries me, I think. You know, when I look at him, I don't know if that's a guy that I would want tying up an absolute ton of the salary cap. So his name's going to get linked to New Orleans a lot, partially because it seems like Lonzo Ball is going to be gone from the Pelicans, but I don't really think the team has any interest in him. Boston would really need to include something. You know, you could put together some sort of deal where maybe Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown come to New Orleans in exchange for, I'm not really sure, You might need to include Brandon Ingram in a deal like that. Brandon Ingram and Steven Adams, I think, works, but I don't think that's particularly appealing if you're a Pelicans fan, though I'm kind of curious, to get off of Steven Adams' contract. And he's got more years left, and we'll we'll break down his season in the third segment. Would you do that trade? Brandon Ingram and Steven Adams for Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker. I'm kind of curious now what you all think about that. But I don't think, even though there's links between Kemba Walker and the Pelicans right now, that that is something that you would need to worry about, that that is something that the team is going to want to go and do. So I don't think there's really any legs to to this. And while the Pelicans want to go get other guys, certainly, I don't think it's going to be a guy on the other side of 30 in Kemba Walker whose game seems to be declining, even if it's at like a 10 to 20% rate. And that's kind of what we expect over the coming years. So I don't, I don't think there's going to be any truth to any rumors that are going to be out there. And I don't think the Pelicans are looking at Kemba Walker at all. And if they are, we got to have a talk, Griff, because no, don't, don't, don't go and do that. So coming up, we'll talk more about Steven Adams, key dates coming up for the NBA that were just released. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, and we have our Ultra Moment. This is kind of a pretty fun segment because I get to do whatever I want with it, and it was a tough choice for me to pick an Ultra Moment this week. Is it from the current playoffs? Is it a moment from the season with the Pelicans? I just got free reign to kind of do whatever I want. But one really came to mind while watching Chris Paul play for the Suns the other day against the Denver Nuggets where he was just masterful. And I already talked a lot about him this week and last week because I've just been enthralled with the play that we're seeing from him. And I I was reminded of the triple-double he had in Game 4, and we did this, right? Player of the game. It was him because of that game. I want to do another Chris Paul moment, though, because this is all about what makes you happy, what brings you enjoyment, watching a play and you're just kind of filled with joy because we love certain things about basketball. So I want to go back to that first round series between the Pelicans and the Lakers in 2010. And it was, or 2011, whatever year it was, it was the game, game one. So on the road in Los Angeles, it's about, the score is 45-38. The, uh, the Hornets are beating the Lakers. There's two minutes and 26 seconds left in the half. And Chris Paul fires a pass to Aaron Gray. Remember Aaron freaking Gray? fires a one-handed pass, just an absolute bullet. It looked like he shot a, you know, it was like a cannonball coming out of a cannon after Carl Landry passed out of a post-up to Chris Paul, who's on the perimeter at the top of the three-point line, and rifles a pass into the deep post to Aaron Gray, who catches it, can't believe he caught it, and then goes up for the dunk and scores. It's just one of those moments, if you haven't seen it, I have it on my Twitter. There's just a clip to the YouTube thing. It's unbelievable. You've got to watch that if you've never seen it before. And just the mastery of Chris Paul in this unbelievable pass that I remember so clearly to this day. And that's why it's the ultra moment of the week here. Makes you happy. 
brings enjoyment to you and that's what Michelob Ultra is all about because it's only worth it if you enjoy it and it only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories you can enjoy a Michelob Ultra. Joy creates success and enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. So at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, you too can enjoy a Michelob Ultra. Today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoff coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. If you couldn't guess, I'm pretty fired up and excited for Game 3 between the Suns and Denver Denver Nuggets because I want to see the Suns go up 3-0 on them. I'll be honest, this Suns team is so damn likable. Monty Williams at head coach, even if I did think he should have been fired as as the Pelicans head coach at the time, having kind of a reinvention for him and more success than he's ever had before, Chris Paul showing he can still do it at age 36 and everything that he does, which is absolutely awesome to see. I kind of dig Devin Booker in the role that he is playing and, you know, at times has a lot of Kobe in him, which I enjoy. I just, I don't know. The Suns team is really fun. They look like a well-coached team. They've got excellent, excellent players. I kind of love everything I'm seeing here from them. I'm really rooting for them to make the finals because I think it would be so much fun to watch them. I cannot wait for this game on a Friday night. All right, so the NBA announced some key dates for the 2021-2022 season. So, yes, we have the lottery coming up next week. We've got the draft a month after that. Then you'll get free agency, training camps, and all that stuff. But we now start to see when the 2021-2022 season is starting to get underway. And Summer League is back this year, too. So, September 28th, training camp starts. October 19th. The regular season starts April 16th. The playoffs start June 2nd, finals game one, June 19th, finals game seven. And then you have June 23rd, the 2022 NBA draft. So the NBA draft or the NBA draft, the NBA is getting back to their regular schedule of starting in mid to late October and going through June when it comes to the finals. So they're getting back to regular COVID delayed that. It impacted this season with a late start date in a uh, shortened season by 10 games to 72. But the NBA wants to get back to their usual slate on the calendar. We had hoped maybe that the NBA would learn a lesson from this because a lot of people like when they start in December and you get less of an overlap with the NFL, meaning you can own the calendar a little bit longer and be the sole real big sport playing games in the news cycle. And I think that's an important thing. But the NBA feels they want to get back to business as usual, and we'll see if it's a mistake or not. It does mean for the teams in the finals, the teams that go deep into the playoffs here, you're going to have a very shortened offseason again. That clearly had an impact on some of the teams last year. Three of the four conference finalists are out of the playoffs already, including the Lakers, the Miami Heat as well. And so I wonder if this is a good move. But if the NBA wants to get back to business as usual, you know, they, they just got to do it. But I'd like to see them start in that Christmas Day, you know, slot. I think that's been really great. We enjoyed that this season. Um, it means I get a longer offseason too, which would be great and could use it at times just like the players could. But this is going to mean a quick turnaround for a lot of guys. And that means more injuries and injuries, particularly soft tissue injuries, were up this past year. That's a concern. The NBA should be slightly worried about this I think but it appears that they are not we're going to see but those are some of the key dates if training camp is going to be here in September before we know it it means preseason is going to take place in early October Um, and basketball is going to be underway it's also going to mean a pretty quick turnaround from free agency to getting these guys ready for games not as quick as last year was but still kind of short and that definitely can work against a number of teams just like it worked against the Pelicans this past year but the NBA 
if they're getting back to the regular schedule of October starting the year and going through the middle of June, they're not going to get back to they're, – they're never going to change it. They're not going to then do this and then in a year decide to start in late December unless their hand is forced again. It means they're not really looking at that at being a realist, as being a real change, and I think that's something we can probably lay to bed. Should they do it? Yes. Are they going to do it? No. And I think them, after you know the past two years now, getting back to just regularly scheduled programming probably means it's not going to happen. So I think mid-October, get ready usually for the NBA to start going forward. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. It's the playoffs. You want to make these games more interesting. And if you want to get in on the prop bet action, no better place than BetOnline.ag with an easy-to-use website. And you can find literally any kind of bet that you want. And it's really fun to be able to bet and go, hey, this guy is going to score over 40. I think that's kind of safe when it comes to Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker and some of these other guys, too. So if you're looking for any of the prop bets, you kind of have a feel of what's going to happen in a game. Bet online can definitely help you up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the promo. Locked on. Get some free money, a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. You don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. And look, they got all the latest news, odds, and info you could need for MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. So head over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on when you sign up. Betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Right now, it's mint chocolate, double, or the mint chocolate chip, double chocolate, and I love the coconut brownie chunk bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there in the nine different flavors that they have. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Look, it's a protein bar. It doesn't need to be a gourmet meal, but if you're going to eat one, whether it's you just have them in your bag on the go for when you just need a snack, maybe you eat one for breakfast, maybe you use one before or after your workout, you may as well eat the one that tastes really good, that you're not miserable chewing, that isn't chalky, isn't dry, doesn't make you chug a bottle of water or something like that after you eat it. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. I promise you, I eat one of these every single day. And they're also good for you. It's 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories, only 4 grams sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. It means you're not wasting all the cardio you just did at the gym. Some of these bars that you could get competitors, 300 calories, you don't need something like that. 130 is perfect along with a good amount of protein. So they're not just the best tasting, they're healthy too. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, continuing our season in review series here, and it's time for Steven Adams, the big man that the Pelicans traded for this past offseason to pair next to Zion Williamson and hopefully kind of anchor a defense and just provided some much needed toughness to the team. So first, before we even get into the season, I'm of the belief that the Pelicans gave up too much for him. Basically a first round pick. It was George Hill and a first round pick, which became RJ Hampton to uh, for Steven Adams. Essentially, there it moved around a little bit with all of that, but that was essentially the trade. A first-round pick plus George Hill, and he was involved, you know, it's that whole big kind of weird, crazy thing that involved Drew Holiday and the Bucks. but that was essentially what they gave up to, to trade for Steven Adams. A future first-round pick to get Steven Adams, 
I don't know if that's the best move. You know, you would hope that if you're trading that and then signing him to do an extension, which the Pelicans did, they signed him to a $35 million extension after that, $17 million next season, $18 million essentially the year after that. Um, after, that's after him making $27.5 million this year. It's a little bit interesting. Side unseen, you're going to sign him for two more years to a good bit of money to a center that doesn't space the court and has been kind of getting run down a little bit. It seems like injuries have started to really impact him over the past year or two, and he's not really quite what he was at his peak in Oklahoma City. It was a bit of a risk, and so if you're going to do that, you would hope that that move would really be paid off. And while the numbers for him aren't aren't terrible, he averaged 7.6 points per game last season, nine rebounds too, including five of them being defensive. It's it's okay numbers, right? Like he has a lot of toughness there. He rebounds really well. He also boxes out well and allows others to get rebounds. And for a team in the Pelicans that struggled with defensive rebounding at times, I do like that he was out there on the court really kind of making an impact in that way. But there's, you know, whenever you say but, that's never a good thing. It's still a lot to give up for a guy that probably hurts you offensively, particularly when it comes to Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. He is just not an offensive threat whatsoever. So again, I'm a big believer, and you guys have heard me talk about vertical spacing, right? When it comes to Jackson Hayes, being that lob threat in the dunker spot, you can't leave him. Steven Adams isn't that same kind of player. There's no real court gravity to him. There's no real spacing, whether vertical or three-point shooting spacing. It's not ideal when you have an interior scorer like Zion Williamson who's dominant and then a guy in Brandon Ingram who had nowhere to go into the paint. And we did the season in review on Brandon Ingram to start this week. And if you haven't listened to that, please go give it a listen because I talk about how Brandon Ingram's season offensively was phenomenal because he couldn't get into the paint. So to put up the same numbers that he did last season as this season is really great because his shot profile had to change. Partially, mainly because of a guy like Steven Adams down low. There's just defenders down there, and one of them is not guarding Steven Adams. It's just to try and take away the paint from Zion and Brandon Ingram. That's not a great thing to commit more money to a dude that does that. And, you know, you could say they didn't know that he was going to do that. You know, they gave him the extension before they played him. One, you better have an idea of what he's going to give your team, right? Otherwise, you, you made a mistake here. And so when you wrap that up all in a package, I'm not thrilled about it. I like Steven Adams as a player, but you have to factor in his contract and the assets they gave up for him. And when you look at it in that perspective, I don't think this was a great deal for New Orleans. And so when you do the buy, sell, whatever, it's going to be sell. You, you want to try and get rid of him. I don't know if it'll be hard or not. I don't think it'll be that hard, but it might be. But it also kind of limits you. And we saw the Pelicans not really make moves at the trade deadline as they tried to dodge the luxury tax. That's not a great position to be in and not where you want. And the money owed Steven Adams is part of that. I think this was a miss. I don't think it was a huge miss for David Griffin, but I think this was a miss. So when you look at it, they've got to try and undo that. And that might cost them more a little bit. And yeah, it's kind of was a disappointing season when you put the other stuff in there. Again, he is fine as a... I think, in a vacuum player. And spacing, you know, it's going to be a problem with someone like that. You can live with it. But just again, they'd sign him as a free agent, be one thing, but the extension, the assets given up, it's not a fan of the move. And I think it's going to be a guy they look to try and move on from this offseason, and hopefully they're going to be able to do it. 
All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans, this week of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. We're inching closer to the draft lottery, which is next week, and I am freaking pumped. We're going to do season and reviews on Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. I think those are the two big names, or sorry, and Zion Williamson. Those are the two big names next. Then we get the lottery. We're going to have a lot of fun with that, too. So let's get a little bit crazy next week with it all, and then we're going to really start diving into the draft once we know where the Pelicans, at least on the surface, are picking. So I'm looking forward to it all. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Monday.